Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one they love the most, Niall Hessen. And today we are doing episode two of 32 Teams in 32 Days. Yesterday's episode was the Green Bay Packers. So if you haven't gone and checked that one out, I would really appreciate it if you do so. Today, like I said, we got the Lions. Tomorrow we got the Vikings. And then the next day we got the Bears. So we're making our way through the NFC North before we trans- transition over to the ASC North. The Detroit Lions, a very interesting team this year. Matthew Stafford, the long-tenured tenured Lion, no longer with them, um, in a trade with the Jared Goff and the Los Angeles Rams. So Goff's now over in Detroit. Very interesting year, very interesting team, and I'll break down why here in a second. So if you guys are new to 32 teams in 32 days, this is the second season I've done. Pretty much, I'll go over the three key players I find on the Detroit Lions team. That will lead us to our first trivia question slash ad break of the podcast. After we come back from break, I'll go over two key draft picks and two free agent or trades uh, that the Lions did this year. That will lead us to our second and final trivia question slash ad break. And then I'll have the keys to success for the Lions as well as my predictions for the upcoming year. So without further ado, let's hop right into it. So the first key player I have is Jared Goff. Matthew Stafford, probably the main key player on the Lions for a while. You know, you could uh, say Calvin Johnson was before that. But as of late, Matthew Stafford, one of the better quarterbacks in the league here today. Jared Goff coming over from the Los Angeles Rams and that Sean McVay offense. You know, I think it will be a little bit of an adjustment. You know, you can't just transition from one offense that you've really learned your entire career to another immediately, especially with a new coach in uh, in Detroit. So very curious to see what Jared Goff is going to be able to do for them this year. But if the Lions are going to be able to have any success, it's got to start at that quarterback position. Jared Goff has had a solid career thus far, still relatively young, entering his sixth NFL season. Progressively over the years, I'd say he's gotten um, better. Um, last year, you know, he had 3,952 yards, 20 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions with a 90 rating. So overall, it could be better. Um, I think in the long run, Jared Goff will fit better. Not necessarily fit better, but Matthew Stafford's kind of getting towards the end of his career. Obviously, he had a great career at the Lions. Nothing to complain there. But, you know, his time probably was coming closer to an end than Jared Goff was. And since the Lions have been out of it the last couple of years, they decided to go out and get a quarterback like Jared Goff. Definitely room for improvement. We all know Jared Goff can be a very solid quarterback in the NFL. His two best years uh, were probably 2019 and 2018. Um, You know, passing yard-wise, 2018 was his best year. He also had his most touchdowns um, with 32. So definitely a lot of potential still to be had with Jared Goff. And I think, you know, the Detroit really is not known for their rushing. You know, they had for a while, they didn't have a rush over 100 yards in a game. Uh, which is pretty intense, but um, definitely going to look to pass the ball more. They do need some more weapons on the wide receiver side. There really isn't anybody insane on that side, so they will need some weapons to build around Jared Goff, but Jared Goff was going to be the centerpiece of that Lions offense. Second key player I have is TJ Hawkinson. Now, TJ Hawkinson entering his second NFL season last year, um, had a very good rookie season, has 67 receptions for 723 yards, um, And then he also had six touchdowns as well. So very solid tight end, you know, coming out of a great tight end school in the University of Iowa. Um, George Kittle, uh, Noah Fant, also some notable tight ends in the league coming from Iowa. So he does have a good background there. Hawkinson looked um, as one of the main options for Matt Stafford uh, early on in his career. Um, Hawkinson's, not Stafford's. And uh, really helped the Lions 
do bad but do good at the same time because the Lions didn't do great last year but there were some bright spots and one of them was TJ Hawkinson not only is TJ Hawkinson a great um, pass catcher but he's also speedy than a lot of tight ends so he's able to maneuver around linebackers if they're guarding up against their cornerbacks or whoever is guarding him he does or is able to make that more separation on top of that he's a great run blocker Detroit's not really focused on running the football but if they do, and they do need somebody to be a good blocking tight end to kind of decoy if there is a pass, um, Hawkinson is your guy. Expect an increased uh, workload for Hawkinson this year. Um, I do think he's going to get the ball a lot more, especially with Jared Goff. Jared Goff loving his tight ends there in Los Angeles. Tyler Higby uh, was one of his main tight ends for a while. Gerald Everett. So, you know, Goff does look for his tight end. So I think TJ Hawkinson's production is going to spike up a lot. Um, he can be one of the best tight ends in the league this year. And then the final key player I have is Jeff Okuda. You know, there's definitely a couple of choices that I could have picked on the Lions side of things um, for the defensive side. But I really wanted to focus on Jeff Okuda because Jeff Okuda is now entering his second season. He dealt with some injuries last year. He really needs to bounce back this year and try to stay healthy and on the field. He was the number three overall pick for the Lions in the 2020 draft. So he's got that expectation of needing to do well and, and needing to perform well to prove that that third selection was kind of a good pick because a lot of teams didn't really want the third selection. They didn't really need it. Um, the Lions even said they were trying to trade out of it. So there's a lot of pressure riding on Jeff Okuda. Um, I think, you know, they're going to put him against some of the best uh, wide receivers in the league. Um, he's definitely got the talent to guard them coming from a great defensive school in the Ohio State University. And so I'm not questioning his athletic ability and NFL ability. I'm just questioning that he needs to have a good season for the Lions to prove that he is a solid choice and it was a solid choice for that third overall pick on that defensive side. I think his production will be better than last year. He's going to get uh, met with some tough challenges. I'm not saying he's going to go guard the Julios. He might, but he's going to face a lot better competition than he's seen, obviously, with you know, college football compared to the NFL, but really kind of being injured for that time, he wasn't able to kind of get as much experience as some of the other rookies in his draft class, especially cornerback position. So definitely a big year for Akuda. Akuda, I don't know why I can't say his name right now, but definitely needs to step up. And I think he will be able to, I'm not going to say he's going to be the Jalen Ramsey of the NFL, but he's going to be a solid number one or number two cornerback for the Detroit Lions this year. That is going to wrap up the key players portion of the podcast. That will lead us to our first trivia question slash break of the podcast. And the question is, who did the Lions just hire as their head coach? Who did the Lions just hire as their head coach? The answer when we come back here on The Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. Before the break, I asked the question, who did the Lions just hire as their new head coach? The answer, Dan Campbell. So if you got that one correct, you are a true Detroit Lions fan. Or you know a lot about the NFL, because honestly, I didn't even know the answer to that question. I could put a picture to it, but I couldn't put a name. That is moving on um, to the second portion of the podcast, where I'm going to go over two key draft picks, as well as two free agent signings that I like for the Detroit Lions this year. First draft pick, got to go with their number one choice in the first round, Penny Sewell, Sewell uh, offensive tackle out of Oregon. This was my number one uh, offensive lineman going into this year's draft. I think a lot of you know um, NFL or Draft analysis people like Mel Kuyper and those guys really had uh, Penny um, as their number one offensive lineman. He is massive, dude. This guy knows how to play football, and he knows how to block as well. Really great 
pass blocker with that Oregon Ducks offensive line behind Herbert. Um, so it was able to keep it, give him protection as well as a good run blocker as well if Detroit can figure out their running game. So very solid choice by them this year. Um, I was kind of expecting them to go with the offensive tackle. Some people were expecting maybe a quarterback, um, not necessarily in the first round, but a quarterback to kind of fill in the shoes for Matt Stafford and kind of learn under his wing, kind of like Aaron Rodgers did, or I should say the Packers did with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. But definitely a smart move here by going for a lineman. Their third round selection, Aleem McNeil, defensive tackle out of North Carolina State, was also a good pick. Um, Aleem McNeil I had as a second rounder this year. So getting him in the third round is definitely a big step up for them. Obviously, it was probably one of their main guys on the defensive side for North Carolina State. That defense actually was pretty solid. Um, good pass defense and run defense, but the run defense was definitely better than their pass defense. And getting a guy that's better in the run defense side of, side of things is definitely crucial in the NFC North. The Packers, the Vikings, and even the Bears, well, mainly the Vikings and the Bears, are really trying to run the football. So you have a guy that can make an impact week one, you know, making the team. I definitely can see him starting, um, if, especially if there's holes in that defensive line. So good, there are two solid good choices by Detroit going with the smart moves instead of the maybe planning for the future moves, I should, I should put it. Free agent signing, Jamal Williams, uh, running back from the Green Bay Packers coming over. You know, I really like Jamal Williams. He didn't have that much of a role last year. Yeah, he got some touches, but not as much as, you know, a starter would, kind of like how Aaron Jones did in Green Bay. Kind of more of a role running back for the Detroit Lions. Had a pretty solid year. You know, he averages about four and a half yards per carry, which is really good if you think about it, because if you got four and a half yards per play, you know, you'd get the end zone every time. So really is solid. He's big. You know, he's not necessarily known for his speed. He's known for breaking tackles and getting the extra yards. So I can really see the Detroit Lions using him more, not as necessarily their number one. Um, you know, they do have Swift, as I'd probably say is their number one. Um, but I can see him more as a third down running back, third and one goal line. Might be a good fantasy pickup. You know, you never know. I mean, I wouldn't start him as a fantasy player. But, you know, if you have bye weeks or injuries, Jamal Williams might be the guy. Because I really do feel like Detroit should go with Jamal Williams on the short um, third and goals or third and shorts because he definitely is kind of like a Derrick Henry and can plow through people. So I really like that choice there to kind of take off the workload of DeAndre Swift as well. Second free agent signing I liked was Alex Anzalone from the New Orleans Saints. I'm entering his fifth NFL season. Um, the hair, letting the hair fly, definitely uh, looks very good for him. Um, Anzalone, one of the better players on the defensive side for the Saints this year. Um, definitely that Saints defense had some key players, Lattimore, Jordan, and Anzalone kind of fit right in. You could tell him on the field with his white hair. Um, entering his fifth year, like I mentioned, you know, he really is going to be more of a tackling um, running back. He, you know, he's not going to be one that's going to pick off the ball a lot. He has one interception in his career, so he's really not looking at that. Um, but he really is going to get a lot of tackles. He's good in the run defense as well. You know, he faced a lot of good runners. He faced McCaffrey, um, at one point Todd Gurley. So he knows how to attack the running game. Um, and that's something that the Lions need because if they don't attack the running game, they aren't going to be able to get the stops that they need to be as, as, as successful as needed to be in that the NFC North division. He also can play pass defense as well. Um, you know, he's more of a run defense focused kind of guy, but he can pace, you know, the Aaron Rodgers and the, the Packers offense as well. So really 
Anzalone going to the Lions was a great fit for them this year. That is going to lead us to our second and final trivia question slash ad break of the podcast. And the question is, this should be an easy one. Who holds, holds the record for all-time Lions passing yards? Who holds the record for all-time Lions passing yards? The answer, when we come back, here, only on The Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. Before the break, I asked the question, who holds the all-time Lions passing yard record? The answer was Matt Stafford. He had 41,109 total passing yards for the Lions in his long and thrilling career thus far. Now I'm going to move on to the final portion of the podcast where I'm going to go over my three keys to success for the Lions as well as my predictions for the Lions this year. The first key to success I have is Jared Goff needs to replace and be even better than Stafford. I've mentioned this briefly, but Stafford obviously was a great quarterback and is a great quarterback in the NFL. Detroit loves Stafford. He was great in the community. He was great, just everything. Everyone loves Stafford, and Goff needs to kind of fill in that role. Goff can fill in that role. You know, he has a great opportunity there in uh, in Detroit. Back when he was with the Rams, he did have like players like Todd Gurley, who was one of the better running backs in his career with the uh, Rams, so more focused on the running game there, didn't really get to showcase his skills. But on the flip side, Goff had more weapons um, in the air. He had Robert Woods. He had Cooper Cup. He had Higby. With Detroit, he doesn't really have too many options as much as he did with the Rams. Yeah, he can throw to Hawkinson. He can throw to his running backs. But wide receiver standpoint, there's really nobody that jumps off on the page, in my opinion. You know, I think over time, this will be a good move for the Lions. I think Goff will struggle in his first year here with Detroit. But uh, I think down the line, he definitely will have an impact and kind of can produce the numbers, if not get to the numbers, as Stafford did. But if order in order for the Lions to have success, Goff needs to be better than or try to be better than what Stafford already was. You need help on the receiver standpoint. There's no receivers whatsoever. You have Hawkinson, and obviously there's receivers, but nobody really good on the Lions team. Um, you know, you have some players that you can classify as maybe good wide receivers. But looking at the wide receiver standpoint, I don't really see anybody good. Marvin Jones is gone. Galladay is gone. Um, you got Tyrell Williams, Brashad Perryman, um, Geronimo Allison. I mean, those aren't receiver trios. Every other team has at least one solid receiver, maybe two, and even maybe three. So they definitely need some help and address the wide receiver standpoint. Now, this could open up opportunities. Players like Brashad Bremen or... Allison could end up being the number one or number two. It can actually showcase their talents. Whereas, you know, Allison, for example, was with Green Bay and Devontae Adams, obviously the number one receiver there. So maybe they can showcase their wide receiver talent and capabilities, but it's definitely going to be harder for them to do so. So definitely need to take a look at getting some help on the wide receiver stand. If they if the wide receivers are there, they really are in a good position because Goff knows how to throw to wide receivers. He just has no options whatsoever. Their defense has been horrible the last couple of years. You got to be good at defense in the NFC North. The Vikings, the Bears, the Packers, they mainly the Bears and the Vikings. Now, the Vikings, as of late, have been better offensively, but a lot of times they're going to be short, contested games. It could be 17 to 10 wins. Um, it could be maybe, you know, it could be something like, where Detroit needs one stop to win the game and their defense has really not stepped up for them in the past. You know, I think um, 
over time, it could be better, but you need to have more additions. Adding some draft picks in their draft classes here on the defense side definitely is helping, but they don't have the experience in the NFL. The Vikings defense was horrible last year because they had no experience. They had a lot of rookies. That's kind of the case this year at Detroit. Their defense needs to step up, especially their run defense, if they're going to have any chance to win the North in the upcoming year or even this year. So definitely need to fix the defense side. It's just been horrible for them pretty much for a while. That's kind of been one of the main issues of Detroit the last couple of years because they've had good players. They've had Calvin Johnson, one of the best receivers, if not the best of all time. Matt Stafford, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So they need to step up on the defensive side of things. As far as predictions, I really don't see them doing much at all. I don't think Jerry Goff will help them as a lot as you think this year. So I had them finishing 5-11 and 11 and finishing 4th in the division this year. Hopefully that's the case because that gives the Vikings a 1-3 chance of winning the North. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just fine. If you want to know my take on the Minnesota Vikings, please listen to the next – oh, my gosh, I can't even speak. The Vikings podcast will be tomorrow. So if you want my take on the Vikings, make sure you go over and head over to that one tomorrow. If you missed the Packers one previously, that was yesterday's. Go check that out. Otherwise, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of 32 Teams in 32 Days. Um, thank you guys so much. Vikings tomorrow. Uh, stay safe and take care.